Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Michael Henderson. I'm Ralph and Barbara's oldest son, and um, we're here to honor and remember Daddy today. And on behalf of the family, uh, I want to thank all of you uh, for coming. And I especially want to thank for the family um, Bill Allen and West Irwin Church of Christ for providing us this space and this services to, to have this uh, celebration of Daddy's life and to remember him. Um, also, I want to thank you all for the prayers you've been given for our family, for my mom and my dad over the past two years and before that, uh, and for all the cards and the food and the visits. Um, all of that stuff has meant so much to mom and dad and um, it was just very important to them, and thank you so much. Um, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I don't live in uh, Tyler. I live in Huntsville, and I've been coming on weekends uh, for the past couple of years, most weekends. And so I've been visiting on Sundays and been able to join mom and dad uh, for church services in their bedroom where they participate uh, through your online streaming uh, every Sunday. And they do that uh, so diligently, just like they attended in person before COVID. Um, and I assume most of you know that dad has been in bed for over a little over two years and not been able to leave home. And mom has been his uh, primary caregiver for that, that time and with some help from from family, um, but she's done the, the main care of him for all of this time. And the church services have been so important to them. Being able to participate in Sunday services with the congregation uh, has been the, the highlight of their week, and they, um, they get to church early, I can tell you that, and they... <laughs> They love it when streaming starts early and they can watch to see the congregation enter and they look for their friends and they point people out and if they see somebody who's not sitting in the spot they're supposed to be sitting in, they, they worry about them and, uh, and they've prayed with every prayer that's been said over the past two years in this church on Sunday morning and mom has held dad's hand tightly uh, and they've prayed together and dad has sang uh, with all of the all of the songs, uh, and and they've communed with you as well. So that's been um, very important to them. <clears throat> um, so for the past, Dad passed away on Thursday morning at two a.m. And uh, we buried him yesterday morning. Um, but two days before he passed, he was surrounded by every one of his children, his grandchildren. And he got to spend time with them and talk with them and visit with all of us uh, for two days. And that just made him so happy. He was very happy those two days. And he loved hearing everybody's voices and seeing everybody, uh, and we're so privileged that he got to have that time with, with his family um, before he passed. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have any notes. I'm, I'm trying to do this without reading. Um, um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to mention that family was important to him. It was the most important thing, and that's... Um, so today, um, you're going to hear from all of those children and grandchildren. Um, and I know that sounds scary, that sounds like a lot, but one, Dad gave, um, a few months ago, Dad um, decided it was time that he should give instructions on what he wanted his funeral to be like, and he picked Becky uh, to give those instructions to, and the first thing he told her was he wanted the, uh, the service to be no longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> and, I th 
We thought that sounds great, and I think it's significant that he, you know, he told that to Becky. He made sure Becky got that information. <laughs> um, so I think that you can count on the grandkids to be brief, and I'm going to be brief. I'm going to be finishing up, and and then Alan and Becky, we can only hope. <laughs> they've they've both told me that they've been to funerals that Dad. Uh, uh, presided or organized, and that those services were extremely brief and maybe 10 minutes long, and they didn't feel like that was satisfactory, so it's going to be a little bit longer than that. Um, But what I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, I miss, obviously, I miss my dad so much, and I'm going to miss him even more. And I was trying to figure out how to describe, you know, how can I put into words what it is I'm going to miss about him? What, what is gone? What am I missing? Uh, and I was looking at a picture, not unlike, it wasn't that picture that's down front, but it's like that picture. It was a picture where I could see in his face what it was about him. And that gave me that, something that gave me that feeling that I, you know, that I really loved just looking at him. And I was trying to, descri- how could I describe that? And I was trying to figure it out, and I looked up, and um, my brother was walking in the room, and I was like, there's my dad's face. Uh, so I saw my, I can see my dad's face in my brother's face, and I still see his face in my sister's face, and I see his face in all his, my nieces and nephews, and now in my dad's and mom's great-grandchildren. His face is there. Um, and so... I'm going to still see it. Um, I believe that the force or the spirit that started Dad's heart beating is the same force or spirit that uh, it's beating in my heart right now and that it's beating in all of those kids and grandkids and great-grandkids' hearts. And um, I think that... Um, what I'm trying to describe that I'm going to miss from my dad is uh, the way that he loved me and the way that he loved me that I could see when looking at his face was that he loved me no matter what. He loved me no matter what I said or did. And I knew that when I looked at him. I knew that he loved me. And I know that he loved all his kids and grandkids that same way. Uh, and he loved my mom more than anything. Um, and we all knew that, and everybody, I think, knows that. Um, and he loved the church, and he loved the Bible, uh, and we're going to miss him very much. Um, Dad's grandson, Chase, is going to lead us in prayer now. pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we gather here today to remember and honor the life of Ralph Henderson. We thank you for the precious moments, love, and wisdom he shared with us. As we navigate through this time of grief, we seek your comfort and strength. May your grace surround us, and may the memories of Ralph inspire us to live with the same love and kindness he exemplified. In Jesus' name, amen. My grandfather, Papa Ralph, was one of the most amazing and brilliant men I've ever met in my entire life. He had an extreme desire to learn and retain information and then share that information with the people that he loved. Whether it was a fact from an encyclopedia or his vast sports knowledge, specifically on golf and football, he always had a stat for us or something that he could share. Even as his health declined, he stayed sharp and upbeat. I visited last year uh, while he was in hospice with Maddie, and he was able to give us exact distances from his home in Tyler to every major uh, post office in the greater East Texas uh, area. (laughs) Distances that he'd memorized these years ago. So Maddie and I sat quizzing him, and we're sitting in awe 
as he, we were throwing out different post offices that we could find on Google, and he was able to give us the exact mileage, all from memory. It was, it was truly amazing. But he, was, he also had a desire to learn about the Word of God, and he loved the Scripture. Papa Ralph was a great role model, and each of his grandchildren... We all loved him a lot. <laughs> and that shows that we all want to uh, speak today and be part of the service. So. so now, from his youngest grandchildren, Macy Ruth Henderson and Mallory Maycraft will be uh, giving his obituary. Ralph was born at home in Dallas, Texas to Robert and Bessie Henderson on December 29, 1939, or 1937. He graduated from Sunset High School in Dallas in 1956. He married the love of his life and bride of 66 years, Barbara Allen, on November 1, 1957, in Clovis, New Mexico. He worked for the U.S. Postal Service for over 30 years. He held almost every position throughout his years of service from working on the high-speed mail trains in the 1960s to becoming the postmaster in Hallsville, Texas until he retired in 1995. Ralph was a member of the Church of Christ since he was baptized at age 12. He served the Lord in many capacities. He was an elder, deacon, Sunday school teacher, song leader, and substitute minister. He also served in the prison ministry, visiting and studying the Bible with inmates for many years. He loved studying the Word of God. He could discuss any biblical topic in depth, and he could recite almost any verse from memory. Ralph was also an avid golfer, <clears throat> playing 18 holes every single week for many years after his retirement. He played in numerous tournaments and scored several holes in one during his golfing days. He also played in a church softball league and enjoyed motorcycling, riding his bike from Tyler to the Hallsville Post Office. He even occasionally coaxed his wife to go on long rides with him. Ralph's love of the Lord was shown through his love and support of his family, all of whom adored him and will miss him dearly. Ralph was preceded in death by his parents and his brother, Donald Henderson. He is survived by his wife, Barbara, son Michael Henderson, son Alan Henderson, and wife Angela, daughter Becky Henderson, and grandson Chase Henderson, and wife Megan, grandson Holt Henderson, and wife Cassidy, granddaughters Morgan DeBose, Madeline DeBose, Macy Henderson, and Mallory Kraft, and great-grandchildren Patrick Henderson, Becky Bexley Henderson, and Allison Henderson. The family wishes to extend our sincere thanks to the wonderful caregivers of Heart to Heart Hospice and the many friends who have supported us during Ralph's extended health issues. I'm Alan Henderson. I'm Ralph and Barbara's middle child. My dad uh, was a very pragmatic man. Uh, during the last two years of his life, obviously he was in declining health, as we all know. And during that time when he was in declining health, Angela and I used that time really to talk to him about life, uh, his, you know, what his thoughts on our life, and uh, guidance, and we eventually got to talking about um, funeral. What do you want your funeral to be like? Um, and Dad, as everybody said, he wants it to be short. Dad, I, it's probably not going to be short enough, but it's going to be pretty short. So we're we're getting there. Um, he, uh, we talked about songs. So we said we asked him 
about songs, and one song in particular that really was near and dear to him uh, was um, the song that we talked to him about. We said, you know, we said, what songs do you like? And his song that really touched his heart was, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. And we asked him why, and he said, you know, he remembered it when he was, you know, this is 75 years ago. He was 12 years old. That was the invitation song that they sang when he, became, when he was baptized. And he said, you know what? I knew then that my Redeemer did live. And that touched my heart. And he said, really, that's the song that, you know, there were, that means the most to me. Um, so that kind of caused Ansel and I to go back, and we kind of looked at the song. And uh, it is, um, it is, it kind of sums up a lot of things that happened in his life. And I want to read the, the scripture that kind of uh, that song is derived from, and it's Job uh, chapter nine verses, uh, chapter nineteen verses twenty-three through twenty-seven. And it starts out, why do you pursue me as God does? Will you never get enough of my flesh? Oh, that my words were recorded and they were written on scroll, that they were inscribed with the iron tool on lead or engraved in a rock forever. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on earth after my skin has been destroyed. Yet in flesh I will see God, I will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. And really, if you had to describe my dad in one word, it would be faith. Dad was a man of faith, no doubt. And he was married to my mother, who if you had to describe her, she is a woman of faith. And what a blessing that is to be raised in a family where you have a man of faith and a woman of faith raising you. And, you know, I think that the, the way that we were raised, it, it, I think it shows in a lot of ways. You know, you don't really think about stuff like this till probably it's too late, but we're very grateful, Mom, and for Dad, for the way that you raised us. You've installed, instilled great values in us, and we appreciate it. Uh, I think it's a testament because the way we are raised, you've got all three of your kids and all of your grandkids up here speaking today. So I want you to think back about 75 years ago. You got a 12-year-old Ralph Henderson uh, who hears the word and hears the song, I know that my Redeemer lived, and he uses that time and he's baptized. And after he's baptized, I've heard a lot of you say, you know, Dad really did know the word. He used that time to study scripture. He became a man of his, he really used the Bible as his guidepost for everything that he did in life and for the way he raised his family. And so now, um, 75 years pass. And as you know, Dad was in declining health. Uh, for the past two years, he was he was bedridden, and he really lost, uh, you know, he did. He lost the things that he loved most. He loved attending church in person. He couldn't do that anymore. He, he loved golfing. He couldn't do that anymore. And um, for a lot of people, that would create despair, despondency, uh, pity. You, he was amazing. He did not let that bother him at all. I mean, it was a situation, the way he looked at it. Like I said, my dad was very pragmatic. That was his lot in life. But he didn't let it bother him, and he just focused on what he could. And I kind of think back from the 75 years later, you know, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that was kind of the first part of the life. But why did he stay so positive at the end of his life, when everything, a lot of us would have just been despondent about what was going on. Because I know that my Redeemer lives, however, I also know eternal life he gives. And I think back when Angela and I are looking at that song, I know eternal life he gives. That's how he stayed so positive during those last two years. 
As Christians, uh, we know that Jesus is our Savior, whose life, death, and, and resurrection are God's saving act for humanity. And we know this stands, we know there stands a plan prepared and a most wonderful place for us to be. And unfortunately in this family, there's no song leaders. So I'm going to invite everyone to sing when we play the music here. I want to, we're going to play, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives and never prays, and never prays for me. Morgan and I'm one of Papa's granddaughters. We were laughing over there because we realized we probably should have had the lyrics up for everybody. <laughs> um, Papa loved Jesus, his family, and the Texas Longhorns. I've never met anyone who loved football more than him. Talking sports was Papa's love language and I'm so glad my boyfriend Stephen was able to spend lots of time over the last couple of years talking to Papa about the latest game and the backstory of each player. I remember Papa always being very active. I have the best memories with him swimming in the pool with me and my sister Maddie and riding around on the back of his four-wheeler with him in the backyard. I hardly remember him ever sitting down unless there was a really good golf game on TV. I remember when he was an elder at his church, he always had Tootsie Rolls in his pockets for the kids, which I maybe took advantage of more than once. He never missed a Sunday at church and has been such an inspiration to me in my faith and the kind of servant I want to be to the Lord. I've often heard that grief is just love with no place to go, and it's true. We are all grieving today because we loved Papa so much. Our family is here today, Papa's kids and grandkids, and I know he's happy that he was able to bring us all together. We'll miss you forever. And now Papa's daughter, Becky Henderson, is going to come and speak.
I think I'm going to try to talk fast because I don't know where we are on time, but I know <laughs> we're probably already over the limit, and I am the most long-winded, which is why Dad told me that he wanted the service kept short, and he specifically told me he was telling me because he knew I would be the one that might uh, threaten that. Um, but my dad is my hero. He was insanely smart. He knew a lot about everything, in part from reading an entire set of encyclopedias from cover to cover, but also because he was intellectually curious and constantly digesting information. Until his last days, he always knew everything that was going on in the news, politics, and every sport, and he understood people, how they act, why they act the way they do, and how to respond. With all this knowledge, he could have an in-depth discussion with you on any topic whatsoever, and he was also a very capable debater. And he loved to debate. <laughs> he knew how things worked. He knew how to do just about everything. He could build things. He could make things. He could explain things. Mom would always say, do not ask your dad what time it is, or he will tell you how to build a clock. Despite his occasional tangents, he was mostly a man of a few words, and that made it all the more imperative to listen when he shared his wisdom. He grew up in Cockrell Hill, Texas, scrapping with his older brother Donald and engaging in teenage shenanigans with his good friend Gerald Foster. One time, Ralph's brother mocked the puniness of his BB gun and offered to let him shoot him with it because it wouldn't even break the skin. Ralph obliged and he shot him right in the stomach at close range. This incident came to be one of his earliest known debate wins. In his later years, he played hundreds of rounds of golf with many of his dear friends from right here at this church, and I'm sure that there were many more debates held on the golf course. When Ralph met a lovely young Barbara while out cruising with his friend Gerald, it became the start of a beautiful love story that would lead to 66 years of marriage. Dad loved his family, and he was the best earthly father and grandfather that anyone could have ever been blessed with. He was 100% reliable, working multiple jobs, shifts, and even nights to support his family. He loved attending the activities of his children and his grandkids, and he probably spent years of his life waiting in the car for us to come get in after it was over, well, at least with me. Um, maybe some of the rest as well. But he never complained. He was happy to attend all of our events. He was a wonderful grandfather to my children. He played a huge role in, in their lives, and I'm so thankful for the influence that he's had in helping shape them into the adults that they've become. I've never known anyone with a greater love for God's Word, which he truly had written on his heart. He read and studied the Bible so much that he practically had it memorized. He could quote any chapter and verse and could launch into a sermon on a moment's notice, which he did on occasion. He constantly and earnestly studied and analyzed God's word for its meaning and instruction because he genuinely sought to obey God's will. His beliefs were sincere, humble, insightful, and fully grounded in his prayerful study of God's word, and he loved to share it. He taught Bible classes to all ages. He served as a deacon, an elder, a joyful song leader, and he even filled in preaching from the pulpit on occasion. He also acted as an informal fact checker of sorts, approaching more than one preacher after a sermon <laughs> to share some thoughts and maybe a brief debate. For many years, he participated along with his wife in the prison ministry visiting prisoners in person and exchanging correspondence with them to encourage them and share God's word. He also shared God's word with his family, always able to answer any questions we had on any matters of faith and provide us with his thought-provoking perspectives. He once told me he believed that reading and following the Sermon on the Mount daily was a good start to staying on track with God's will, and that definitely showed in the life that he lived. Dad and my mom perfectly partnered in their commitment to their family, the church, and the Lord. Their marriage was built on a lifetime commitment to service of God and others. And, of course, 
occasional debates. Dad adored my mom, but he also loved to tease and aggravate her just to hear her say, Ralph. <laughs> he was fully confined to bed for the final two years of their marriage, and mom's health was also fragile. This is where their true love of God and each other shine the brightest. They were so sweet and loving, constantly concerned with one another, worried about the burdens they were placing on one another, dad grieving over the household duties he could no longer fulfill, and both of them being more concerned with how the other was feeling. But despite being on hospice and facing the daily prospect of imminent death, dad was never depressed or afraid. His faith was built on his firm belief in salvation through Christ and the promise of heaven. He knew that God had a mansion prepared for him. And he looked forward to joining his father in heaven. Though we will miss having him here on earth with us, we can take comfort in knowing that he has already heard the Lord say to him the words from Matthew 25, 23, and 34. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And also, come, you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For as long as I live, I will thank God every time, every day that I remember my dad. All right. Hello, y'all. Um, I'm Madeline. <laughs> I'm one of Papa's granddaughters. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. If you ever had the pleasure of riding with Papa, you would know that this was his catchphrase upon arriving home. That house that my sisters and I had the pleasure of spending many days at during our childhood. That house that bore witness to many childish squabbles between my sisters and I that our grandparents were inevitably dragged into. That house that was turned into a runway for our fashion shows, a place of imagination for us in our Polly Pockets, and an underwater adventure as my sisters and I played mermaid and gave Papa the role as Murking. That house that also bore witness to a grandparent's sacrifice and commitment to their family. I thought home again, home again, jiggity jig, was just one of Papa's kooky old saying, and we can be honest, it probably was. But looking back, I realized a deeper meaning. A house is just a house. Fill it with your family and those you care about most deeply. Then it is a home. Sometimes on those car rides home, the only words spoken were home again, home again, jiggity jig. Through those car rides, Papa taught me the beauty of silence and solitude, enjoying nothing but each other's mere presence. Other times, they were filled with Papa proving what a source of endless knowledge he was. He would continuously amaze me with random facts that I can only assume are the product of him reading countless encyclopedias for the fun of it. He burned into my brain the phases of the moon. At the time, I thought his fascination was just a fun thing that could be used to impress others by being able to tell you if the moon was waxing or waning, crescent or gibbous. <laughs> now that he is gone... The moon is so much more than this thing that illuminates the sky at night, that God so gracefully crafted to create balance and light so that all may see the path before them at night. The moon is now something that I can look to at night as I'm searching for him in heaven and feel his hand on my shoulder and hear him whispering in my ear that he is home again, home again, jiggity jig. And now my cousin Holt has a few things to say in a prayer. Um, first, I want to thank everyone for coming again. Um, it means the world to us. Every text, phone call, presence, flower, anything, it is very much appreciated. Um, you know, as we spoke earlier yesterday, we, we buried Papa Ralph, and my dad shared a scripture with us that kind of tied in exactly with what I wanted to speak about, and I thought it would be really appropriate to share it with you. So it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. 
There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to tear, tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Um, the reason that struck me and struck what was happening is I always thought as my popper alpha, someone who was very deliberate with his time, that's why, you know, you hear so much of how he knew the scripture so well, and his amazing family, each who loved him individually for very specific ways, was because he was extremely deliberate with his time. That's why he was so knowledgeable on anything, and he, you were able to ask him anything, and he took his time to be deliberate with each and every person he interacted with. Um, for me specifically, when we first moved here, we moved my senior year of high school. I lived with my Baba and Papa Ralph, and it was almost every day me and he would take very specific time with me, and it meant the world to me. It still does. Um, he was at every football game, and then when I went off to college, my family moved away again, and if they knew that he couldn't, that they couldn't be there, him and my Baba would take the time to drive seven and a half hours to watch me probably lose, but they would still be there, um, and after every game, high school, college, anything, it was well, they held you the whole time, and no one called it. Uh, <laughs> um, so he must have been watching, because I think he was right. Um, you know, so my friends would always kind of notice that your grandparents come a lot, like, that's really cool, and I'd always joke, well, well those are my biggest fans. Those are my fans. Um, but I, I think he knew, and I hope he remembers, that I was actually his biggest fan. He made a tremendous impact on my life. Um, in my kid's life as well, my son, I'm sure you heard my daughter earlier, uh, my son, when I tell him, let's go to Tyler, and he would say, go see Papa Ralph, I said, yeah, we can go see Baba and Papa Ralph, um, so I'm glad he got to meet them, it, again, he made such an impact on my life, I'm glad he got to see them, and I hope I can do the same thing he did for his family that he did for us, um, and we all bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Papa Ralph that you've given to us, and again, his time. Thank you for giving us a man that is with such a strong moral compass that we have someone to look, look for and someone to strive to be. We ask that you be with him and with us in this time. And again, thank you for the time that we got to spend with him. And thank you for each individual lesson that was passed down through him. And most importantly, thank you again for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. We ask that you bless us, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Savior forever, he sought me.
how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me Belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory. 